Would you please join me for a word of prayer? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a super duper Sunday today. It's a Sunday that with all the falderall might be the most hyped Sunday in the history of the world. Every, every Super Bowl Sunday seems like it's just bigger and grander and crazier than the next. Have you not seen, have you not heard all about the Super Bowl? 34% of Americans want to see Tom Brady and Bill Belichick lose today. But the Patriots win because they always seem to win because it's just kind of maybe the deal they made with... I'm not sure, but I... But what's really changed? After the game is kicked off, after the halftime show, after the last, what's really changed in the world? Not much. It's just, after all, a, a game. It's fine entertainment, it's good friend and family time, and, and it's over and done. It's just kind of a fun afternoon. Me, the more important part of this for me is the enormous brisket that I have sitting on my smoker that will be done sometime before kickoff today. At about 5 o'clock this morning, it was still at 177 degrees and smelled absolutely heavenly. What's changed after a ball game? After millions and millions and hundreds of millions of people tune in, what's changed? Well, the NFL is done and the draft begins, which for those of us who cheer for the Packers and other teams, it's, we've been in draft mode since the middle of December, so that's not really going to change either. Well, the aftermath of the Super Bowl, maybe that makes a difference. Tomorrow will be the greatest day that people call in sick to work all year. It is estimated that over 16.5 million people will call in sick to work with the number one excuse being, I have a bad cough. And of course, people are a bit under the weather because maybe they participated in eating over the 11 million pounds of chips that will be eaten or participating in their portion of drinking 50 million cases of beer, which costs 10.8 billion dollars. It's a big day. Tomorrow, antacid sales across America will go up over 20%. How about that? It's a big day. But then what? I honestly mean as a football fan, then what? Then we're done. Then it's over. And I would offer this morning that your lives are bigger than any game that's ever been played in the history of the world. Your needs, your loves, your struggles, your lives, your families, our country, our world, all bigger, grander, more super than any Super Bowl ever played. What's important to you? What did you bring into church this morning? What are you thinking about? What are you gnawing on? What got you out of bed this morning to come to worship to say, I hope there's some encouragement from the Lord today in church. That's important. 
I ask you to hold on your lap this morning that scripture reading from Isaiah 40, verses 20 to 21. There's a marvelous refrain in there that Isaiah, the prophet, uses over and over again. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? He goes on and on and on. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? This and this and this. The people of Israel had big stuff going on in in their life and in their faith. Not necessarily super things, but things that were very, very painful for them. They once had a country with a king and all sorts of good stuff going on. They had a thriving economy. They They were in a little postage stamp of a nation, but they had a king named David. And they remembered those days fondly. But now they were a conquered people, like they were in Egypt, which they remembered with pain. The best and the brightest had been taken away into a foreign land. And the older people and the people who maybe didn't have it all together were left there to kind of be slaves of the Babylonians. And everything was rough. And their autonomy and their land and all of those things were a big deal. And they were all gone. So they were all kind of wondering what in the heck was going to go on. And then the peace of the temple. For them, the temple was the presence of the Lord God in their midst. And they wondered if maybe somehow God had abandoned them. If God had said, well, your idolatry, enough is enough, we're done. Or if God had said, you've been so evil and so much like other people, just do your own thing, I'm out of here. And so the temple was taken over. And with that, their security, their prosperity, their peace, all gone. And that was a big deal. Because to a degree, their hope of God's presence and them being the people of God was was gone. And they had families and kids and grandmas and grandpas and all the same thing. And and some of them were marched off into exile and families were divided. This group went here and this group went there and people were killed because of war and there was starvation and an occupying army and et cetera and et cetera. And years ago, they didn't have to worry about this stuff because God was with them when Moses raised their hand. The fire came down from heaven and Moses put it down and it all went. But those days are long ago and far away. And so they wondered if God had abandoned them or he was just taking some time off, slumbering, sleeping. Maybe God had run out of time and grace and mercy to kind of let them do their thing. And now God was putting it on them. Blitzing linebackers too punish the quarterback and they wondered in their heart if hope would ever be restored if God would ever once again speak up and work and act in their midst as their God as they his people so look at the first couple verses of that text Isaiah writes do you not know have you not heard Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. Isaiah is reminding his hearers that day that God is big 
And God is bigger than them, and God is bigger than their country, and God is bigger than Babylon, and God is bigger than all of the political, international stuff swirling around them. God is the one who set the stars in the sky and said, that's this star and this star and this star. That God has not abandoned his people, but the God who is bigger than their issues, the God is bigger than the world, the God who's bigger than conflict is certainly God with enough power to keep his promises. And God, yes, is bigger than Tom Brady and the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is a point in time. And our God is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So what is the big deal in your life right now? What's going on? Where's the rub? In our own church, I know one of the things we're dealing with is grief. This last week was the first week in quite a while that I didn't have a funeral teed up. Although Pastor Rosso had one, and our dear friend and a frequent member of this worship service, Pastor Jim Larravee, will be laid to rest on Saturday morning at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, I believe at 11 a.m. And grief is a big thing. And it doesn't just go away because we will it or wish it away. And sometimes it seems as if God just isn't quite there when we're struggling. For others, maybe you are struggling with some physical or psychological malady. And it just seems insurmountable. And it, it, there's no two more painful things in a family system than dealing with ongoing cancer or mental illness. It's very difficult when every morning is a chore to get up and get going. And it feels like the darkness of life and depression just kind of envelops the brain and the eyes and the soul, making the littlest bit of work, the smallest task, very, very difficult and very, very complicated. And what that does to a family system is a painful piece as well. That's big stuff. Painful relationships in family, among husbands and wives, among children, struggling in relationships through dissolution of marriages and divorce, or rivalry and pain among friends and friendship. That's big stuff. Or maybe some of you are concerned about the government and memos and leak this and leak that and innuendo this and innuendo that. Maybe like me, whenever something is down six, six, six points, you kind of look at it with a little different sense of spiritual significance. That's big stuff. Or maybe you're a person who looks at the whole wide world and you say, I'm not sure where this whole wide world is going. I'm nervous about it and I'm anxious. Countries and leaders and wars and rumors of wars and refugees of such a number that they can alter the population of Europe until Jesus himself returns. That's big stuff. And it's not a game for you or me or anyone else or even our Lord. It's not about selling stuff and marketing. That's not what we're here to do. What we're here as the people of God to do is renew hope and peace and security 
and those things that drive a positive sense of self and a positive sense of our relationship with God. Have you not seen? Have you not heard? Have you not seen? Have you not heard? That the Holy One of Israel is still the man in charge. He's the one who has no equal. He's the one who sets things in motion. He's the one under whose view all the kings of the world, past, present, and future, will bow. So Isaiah's words, hundreds of years before Jesus and thousands of years from us, are words for us today. Have you not seen? Have you not heard? Isaiah says, look up and see the heavens. These are the handiwork of God. Look around and ask, who is God's equal? Be encouraged that God doesn't get worn out and tired. He is our strength. He is our power. He is our God. And he will renew the strength of those who hope in him. I ask you to pull that reading out and look with me beginning at verse 25 of Isaiah chapter 40 written in the bulletin for you. And I'd ask if we could read that through the bottom of the verb, through the bottom of the pericope together this morning. Isaiah 40, beginning at verse 25, which starts with, to whom will you compare me? Let's read through that together, please. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Yes! Have you not heard? Have you not seen? Coming out of this sanctuary this morning, you're going to be able to say, I have heard, and I have seen, and I have sung, and I have prayed. And the bigness and the power and the authority of our Lord in his Christ, all of that made real for us. Isaiah wrote that a Messiah would come after a period of time, and that his birth would be quiet. But he would gain popularity, that the deaf would hear, that the blind would see, that the lame would walk. Isaiah foretold that he would preach and teach, and that one day when he was on his own, he would be nailed to a cross. And that the sins and the pain that the Messiah would suffer would bring peace with God for his people, for you and me. And that's a big deal. You and me have peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ, through the Christ whom Isaiah prophesied. Our sins are reckoned and forgiven in Jesus. Our issues find resolution, or at least the road to resolution. He wipes away the tears from our eyes. He walks with us through painful pieces in relationships. He is our God and we 
are his people. Even youths grow tired, but those whose hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Yes! Struggle in my own life, running at the edge of capacity for about the last nine months. When I came to this text this week, it breathed vigor and vim right back into me. Tired and worn out. Helping people put their lives back together. Standing at graveside after graveside. Working to encourage, to bring love, to draw people together, to cast vision, to get a, 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 a new green edge of our congregation going, to, to encourage staff that are struggling. And I found myself over the last week kind of laying on my bed at night going, <laughs> and like a beautiful, cool breeze coming off and blowing across an arid desert region. So these words brought restoration to my soul and I hope to yours as well. Because they reframe the difficult pieces of life around a different frame than the conflict or the cancer or the dissolution or the brokenness. Isaiah frames our lives around the bigness and the power of God. Don't you know, haven't you heard? And so when framed in that way, those of us who hope in the Lord find renewal and strength and our hope reinflated or reignited. And somehow, in some way, when our challenges and struggles are framed around God, they just don't seem so huge, insurmountable or super because the love of God has a way of taking their scale down to what is more accurate something we can deal with and something we can work through and when you frame your life with a big big God there's a sense of hope for your life for your family and for our world. And we find a measure of strength that is otherworldly because it's tied to something bigger and grander than that which is here and now. Isaiah's people needed that for that moment where things were kind of chaotic for them. And each one of us as well need that moment here and now for us in the challenges of our lives. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Amen. Amen. Please join me for a word of prayer. There's a lot, Lord, a lot going on today, a lot going on in the world. People kind of freaking out. There's stuff going on in our homes and families and were we to sit and kind of figure that out, each one of us could put down a little list of something. 
And yet we gather together in this place, this beautiful place filled with light and music and people and joy. And in this, you renew our strength. Be with those who are struggling with a particularly insurmountable peace in their lives. Grant them through the words of Isaiah the prophet to hear and know and hold in faith that their problem, their situation isn't bigger than your ability to walk with them through it. Be with us as a church. Fortify and strengthen us in our ministry to those who struggle and hurt. Grant us your peace. Renew our hope. And let us soar on wings like eagles. In Jesus' name, amen.